are in a series um, called God's Good Design, and we're talking about today dominion. Everyone say dominion. dominion. Yes. Um, the reason why we're, we're looking at Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we're spending a couple of weeks on it, and, and the reason why we titled it God's Good Design is because God has a design, God has a function, God has a purpose for every single person. Everyone who's made in the image of God, Nate talked about this last week, what the image of God is, but God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has given us identity. And we see this at the very beginning. The reason why this is important is because why? Our culture, our world says no. What God says is not true. How God created you and me, our gender, our sexuality, our purpose, function, work, is not good. It's not right. We have a better and a different plan. And when the world and the culture is often ready to decide what is good, to decide what is right, what's beneficial for them, we go back to God's word and we say, no, 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 no. This is what God says. So Genesis 1 and 2 has less to do about how God created the universe. Bob Schneider, one of our um, elders here, told me that if anybody has questions about that, they can go talk to him because he agrees with me. Genesis 1 and 2 is not about how God created the universe. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's not a big deal if you believe it was six literal days and a seventh day he rested. Not a big deal. Whether you believe in the gap theory, whether you don't believe in the gap theory, and you're sitting there like, what is he talking about? This is what Christians do on their spare time when they're bored. They come up with things to talk about because they're bored. Right, So Genesis 1 and 2 has nothing to do with how God created the universe. Genesis 1 and 2 has everything to do with who God is and who we are. Right? When Moses is writing Genesis, he's not thinking the people of Israel need to know that God created the heavens and earth in seven days. No, what he wants the people to know is that God created the universe and he created it good and you and I screwed it up. So, so when we're struggling and we're fighting and, and we're, we're having to navigate difficult topics and issues in our culture, in our world, Moses wants us to look back at Genesis and says, listen, this is how God designed it. This is how God intended it to be. Anything apart from that is wrong. So Genesis 1 and 2 is for us to see who God is. Right? Two questions over time where we're going to answer is, who am I? Why am I here? And, and the purpose of today's sermon is not to tell you, what am I meant to do in life? The purpose of today's sermon is to see that God has given us, God has given us a function. Every single person sitting in this room who bear the image of God has a function, has a purpose, has a meaning, and we're going to see it in Genesis Right, so if you're there, oh, he's going to help me answer what career should I take? What, 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 uh, where should I go after I graduate college? Should I leave my job now? What class should I take next semester? What should I major in? That's not, that's not today. 
Today is to, to, to fly over 30,000 feet to show us that God has all given us a purpose. God has all given us a function. And, and that function is dominion. And we'll talk a little bit about that. All right, so we read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 30. I know on the screen it might say 28 to 31, but I'm going back to 26 to kind of give us context. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man. God is talking to the Trinity in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Over what? Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. That's interesting, isn't it? Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I wanna pause just to reiterate, God created male and God created female. God only created male, and God only created female. There's nothing in between. There's nothing after. There's nothing before. God created every single person in his image. He created women, and he created men. Anything else is a concoction development that man has created. And that is important for us because in the next couple weeks we're gonna talk about how God made man, his purpose, how God created women, how they're wired, their purpose, and the reason why this is important for us to pause and look at because what does our culture say? Culture says no. There's more than male and female. There's this, there's that, there's them, zers, whatever the whole thing is. That's not what the Bible says. Now, if you're one of those people who affirm or agree with anything other than male and female, you are welcomed. You belong here. But here, we're going to stress the biblical design for men and women because we are better, we flourish, we thrive under the confinement of Scripture. You are a better man when you behave and act and are like a man. You are a better woman when you behave, act like a woman. Now that's not, we could talk about the, the mental health issues, but we have to pause and remember, this is how God created us to be. Anything else is sin. Anything else is sin. So we go back to scripture and say, okay, I may not agree. I may think I'm something else or I may affirm what other people say, but I have to go back to scripture and say, this is how God designed us to be. And when sin entered the world, it messed up everything. We messed up everything. So if you're angry and upset of why our culture and our world doesn't agree with this, you're upset with yourself because we made the mess. We sinned with Adam and Eve. So 
we go on to read verse 28. And God blessed them. How did God bless them? It wasn't just like, oh, you're going to be great. No, this is the way God blesses them. He gives them a mandate. He gives us a mandate. He gives them a command. This is the command. There are four functions that we're going to see in this passage. Four commands, right, that God is giving his people. And we read in verse 20, God blessed them. God said to them, to what? Be fruitful, number one. Multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I give you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So back in the day before sin entered the world, we ate a lot of fruit. I don't know how I feel about that. But then again, God doesn't care about my feelings. <laughs> I like the idea that we eat meat. I'm sorry. I like a good steak. Verse 30, sorry. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird on, in the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. That's good because I don't like eating plants. Verse 31, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. God's creation is good. Everything that God made in its purpose, in its function, it is good. And there was evening, and there was morning, and there was six days. Four functions we see in this passage is that God mandates that man right? He's talking about every human being made in his image apart from having value, dignity, and worth, right? That's part of the image of God is to have value, dignity, and worth. He gives us function. He gives us purpose. And one of those is what? To be fruitful, to multiply. Nate is going to have the blessing of next week of talking about why marriage and kids are a good thing. I'm not. Be fruitful, multiply, right? And then he says, fill the earth. And then what do we do with the earth? We subdue it. And we have dominion over all the animals. Now, what does God mean when he mandates every human being to have dominion to subdue the earth? Well, this is what it means. To subdue this idea that we see in the Bible means to bring into bondage. Means to subject something under authority. Now, that is not a bad idea. What God is saying that everything on earth, everything that he created was meant for you and I to oversee and to control. To have dominion means to rule over, to dominate. So, so God gave us a purpose. God gave us a function. God gave us a job. When you look at Genesis chapter 2, what does God do? He takes Adam, puts him in the garden, and what does he tell him to do? I want you to name all the animals in the world. And whatever you name them, that's what they will be. What was Adam doing? He was working. 
More specifically, Adam was subduing and operating in dominion over creation. Another thing that we understand is that to have dominion in this earth, God's design for man to have dominion subdue it was to reflect God's rule and reign over creation. We as image bearers, when we bear the image of God, we reflect God's glory. We reflect his character. We also reflect his function. The way God was going to rule and reign over all of the universe was through people. That's the original design. And in fact, that's what we're going back to. When God returns, establishes his kingdom, we're going to rule and reign with him. The original design for you and me was to have dominion, reign, rule. We were going to be kings and queens over the universe, right? To rule and to dominate it in a good way. That is our purpose and that is our function. Now you're sitting there and you're like, man, that sounds good, Tim, but big deal. Who cares? What does this mean for me? Well, I'll tell you what it means for you. The reason why this is important, when we think about dominion, when we think about subduing the earth, when we think about that, uh, I like to title that like as cultivating and caring for all of creation, right? So if you need another, if you need a one sentence line of, of what, what dominion and subduing the earth means, it means to cultivate and care for all of creation. And the reason why this is important is, is because life has meaning. Life has a purpose. I was reading a commentary on this and the commentary says this. He mentions um, Ernest Hemingway. How many of you remember Ernest Hemingway? Raise your hand. All right. Remember that traumatic experience in high school when we had to read The Old Man and the Sea? Was I the only one? What do you guys do now? Just watch YouTube videos? <laughs> um, Ernest Hemingway was a famous author. And he writes a short story. Everyone knows him for The Old Man and the Sea, right? I think that's the most famous one. Is that right? Okay. Okay. We're just going to be silent. And I'm just going to look a fool. No big deal. Um, I think that's his, his most famous work, the, the Old Man and the Sea. Um, but he has another work. Um, he wrote a short story. And in the short story, um, the short story is titled, I'm trying to remember. The, okay, yeah. A Clean, Well-Lit Place. Now, um, Hemingway writes a short little story. And it takes place in a Spanish cafe. And it's a dialogue between an older waiter and a younger waiter. And they're talking about an elderly man that comes into the Spanish cafe to have a drink every single night. And the older waiter is telling the younger waiter that the old man comes every night. He oftentimes gets drunk and doesn't pay. The old man is lonely. The old man has one niece. He tried to commit suicide. His niece finds him and saves him. And the old man is sad. The old waiter says, feels the same thing. And the younger waiter is telling him, there's much to live for in life. And the whole point that Hemingway is trying to communicate to us, if you ever read Hemingway, I went back to look at some of the stuff that he read. It was dark. It's a dark writer. 
What Hemingway is saying in the story is that life is meaningless and religion has no value. The Spanish cafe represents the necessity for the elderly man to live for something. And what he lives for is not much, but just a drink. So the older waiter observes and says, life is meaningless. And places like this provide meaning. We know that to be what? False. Life does have meaning. Because God has given us meaning and purpose. God has given us a job. That is what dominion is, right? To, to cultivate and care for the creation is a job. And what that means for us is that wherever you at in life, whatever job you find yourself in, the coworkers that you work for, the boss that you work for, the place that you're in is exactly the place you need to be. That is where God has you. Oftentimes we think, right, that the better job, the better work is the people who work at a church. Like that is the most spiritual thing that you could ever do is to do ministry in a church, to be a pastor. Let me tell you something. It ain't hot stuff here, okay? <laughs> like there are sometimes I don't want to come to work. I don't enjoy everything that I do. And what I do is it more spiritual than what you do. And I think sometimes we forget that. Some of us think, right, that the better work, the more spiritual work is to do something in the church to serve or to be a pastor or to work on staff. No, there isn't the, the spiritual and the secular. It's the spiritual in the secular. Many people are feeling the weight of their job, their the weight of their coworkers, and some of you are like, I don't find meaning in what I'm doing. God created work. Right? God created medicine so that nurses and doctors can function in that area to provide health. God provided engineers. I was just talking to a guy. He struggled for a long time. He, he, he struggled for a long time being a polymer engineer. I would struggle just being the administrative assistant in a company that was doing engineering stuff, right? Like I'm just, <laughs> sometimes I think I became a pastor because I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> right, and he was struggling for a long time because he thought, right, he thought, he told me, he thought that the better thing was to be a pastor. And he finally realized, right, that, the better thing wasn't to be a pastor because God created this world. God created the orders and systems through us, right? We created the systems, the functions, right? We brought form and order into our culture. He created those things so that you and I can work. So that you and I can thrive and flourish, and our culture has told young people, right, that working is bad, that you should be a, a social media influencer, that you, you should be instantly rich, and that you are most successful when you are happy. That's not what the gospel says. 
That's not what the Bible says. That's not what this passage is showing us. This passage is showing us that we all have a purpose. We all have value. We have worth. And that value and worth is found in the very place that we're at. So if you're miserable at your job, if you can't stand your boss, if you've been working for a long time and you hate it, that is exactly where God wants you to be because God created it for you so that you can flourish. And if you're one of those people in the room who are suffering at work, my encouragement is, buck up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if you're one of those people who are suffering at work, you're concerned about the future, you're concerned about tomorrow, you know what Paul says, right? He says, he says, Wait in the suffering because suffering produces character. Character produces endurance. Endurance produces perseverance. And perseverance produces hope. Don't look at your job, the place that you work at, the thing that you do, to be trivial, to be ineffective. You have value and you have purpose in this world. That is what Dominion is to work. It's the college students who get up every single morning in the summertime to go work at Camp Carl. Work 13, 14 hour days. Hard work, but meaningful work. The second thing that we see in this passage when God mandates that men and women should take dominion and control of this creation, the second thing that we see is that God has given us everything we need to live life. Think about that. Creation is, our, is at our disposal to flourish and to thrive. That means that when you go on vacation to Florida in the middle of January, you ought to be grateful even though it's raining. It means, right, going on vacation is a good thing. It means when we get on a plane, when you drive your car, the food that you eat, the house that you live in, all those things are good things so that what? You can flourish and you can thrive as image bearers of God. Right? I think some Christians have this bad idea, right, that, that like, we look at creation, we look at all the good things, and for some reason that Christians ought not to enjoy, Christians ought not to experience all of God's good creation. We are sinful and wretched. We stand both holy, just God. We deserve hell, and we should feel guilty every single day for our sin. We shouldn't be happy. We shouldn't feel joy. We should just bask in our sin and growl and hate ourselves. No. No. You, as believers in Jesus Christ, get to enjoy God's creation because God created the universe. He created the world so that you and I can rule and, and dominate it. The animals are for us. The trees are for us. 
The mountains, the beaches, the ocean, the fish in the sea are for us so that you and I can reflect God's glory and that you and I can rule and reign over creation. God created us so that that we can rule and reign over it. So that we can enjoy it. So that we can marvel at it and that we can say, God is the creator and he created me with meaning, with purpose, with value to have dominion, to cultivate and care for this creation. Now, a lot of people think, well, what does that mean for our culture? How do we cultivate and care for our culture? It means that we utilize the resources that God has created for us, for us to thrive. So, as the famous saying says, drill, baby, drill. Right? That's the idea. The idea is that we use the earth's resources for our benefit. That we create planes, that we cut down trees, and that we build houses. If Elon Musk wants to go to Mars, hey, Elon, go build a ship. Use the resources. Let's mine the cobalt for our phones. None of this is bad. Our culture says those things are bad. No, it's not bad. And what they're pointing to is something right in the sense that we've abused it. See, that's what sin did. Sin entered the world and what did we do? We abused God's resources on this earth for our selfish purposes. That's not what God intended it to be. God intended for us to use all of the resources Everything that God created is for us to use, not to abuse, not to misuse, but to use. And our culture says those things is bad, that that we shouldn't use those things. And that's not what the Bible says, because right here, he gave us everything. He gave us dominion over all the animals. He told us to do the earth. That means start mining for copper. We need copper. That means we need cotton. We need wool. I'm not wearing a tank top in below zero degrees to go outside. So give me a sweater. And if it's mink, sure, why not? I mean, God called us to use our resources. It's not bad because God said it's good and God says that we can use it. We're not meant to abuse it. We're not meant to misuse it. But they're there for our benefit. God has given us meaning and value and worth and purpose in work. That's dominion, subdue. God has given us everything we need to live life. So we don't have to be worried about what we use. We have to be wise about what we use, right? Like that's, that's actually Luke That's in the Gospel of Luke, right? When Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. God has given us everything that we need to thrive and to succeed as human beings. God has given us everything to enjoy. And if you don't believe me, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 says, for everything God created is good. And this is after the fall, right? So, so, So Paul's talking about after the fall, and he says, nothing is to be rejected. It is to be received with thanksgiving. So when you, we utilize God's resources, when we, when we use 
all that we have available to us. To steward well, for our benefit, we do it with thanksgiving. When you and I operate in God's design, made for dominion, meaning to cultivate and care for God's creation, to use everything that God created, you and I are reflecting God's rule and reign in the earth. And when we do it the right way, when you and I work hard wherever we at, when we do everything in our power to subdue the earth, to use his resources, you know what ends up happening? We end up giving glory to God. You don't believe me? I want to read Psalms 8 because in Psalms 8, David is, 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 is responding to the same question. He's talking about our function. And this is what David says happens when you and I, when you and I, finding meaning, worth, and value, not only in work, but in everything that God has given us. Psalms 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and infants. You have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. And he's not talking about marble. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers... The moon and the stars, you have set them in place. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? This is actually quoted again in Hebrews chapter two and other parts of the New Testament. Verse five, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. Meaning everything that you created, you have given him authority You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When you and I operate in God's design, when you and I find meaning and value in our work, wherever we at, when we enjoy God's creation, when we utilize God's creation, you know what happens? We make God famous. That is the natural outcome when you, when you and I work in God's design because but David is saying, you have given us all this, you use weak vessels like human beings to not only destroy your enemy, but also you use weak vessels, you use weak instruments to rule and reign and over, over your creation. And our response is worship. That's the whole point. It's worship. How do I know it's also the point? Because what happens in Romans chapter one? What does Paul say in Romans chapter one, verse 25? Romans 1, I'll read it to you really quickly. Let me find it if I can find it. Romans chapter 1, verse 25. Because they stain the truth 
they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. He's talking about the unrighteous people in the world who do not know God and who have decided that they're going to believe a lie. And this is what they do because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So every time people operate out of God's design, meaning that they function in an, in an area, they prioritize something that God has not prioritized. When they do that, they end up worshiping and what? Serving the creature. When you and I, as believers, stay faithful to God's word, when we work under God's design, when we work in God's design, we worship God. We don't worship the creatures. We don't worship the creation. Because that's the point. The point for us is to worship God, to see him clearly, to give him the honor and the glory, to observe that God is gracious, kind, benevolent to people who bear his image. But when we decide, no, that's not good enough for me, we do what Paul says, unrighteous people do, we worship and serve the creation. That is the main point. Operating in God's good design, as men, as women, so that you can properly worship God because our world, our culture, has no desire to know God, no desire to serve him, no desire to worship him. They want to worship what has been created. So over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to dive deeper. We're flying over the passage, 30,000 feet, but we're going to get narrower as we look at God's good design. Let's pray. God, you are good. God, you created all things good. And you created everything in this world so that we can rule and reign over it and at the end we can worship you. God, if there's places in our hearts and our minds where we are not worshiping you, we worship something else, would you stir our affections to Jesus? God, would you help us to find, find grace, help us to find peace and wherever you called us to be, whatever job, whatever function we find ourselves in all for your glory and your honor. We pray this in Christ's name and the people of God say. This has been a message from the chapel in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Our Sunday morning services are at 9 and 1040 a.m. You can join us online for our services by going to akronlive.thechapel.life. For more information about the chapel, please visit our website at thechapel.life.